0: Oh, hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Quantum Nurse and I am Grace Asagra. And for today's episode, I have no other than young Garrett Ike. And I am so happy and pleased to have him. I know he's been so busy with everything that's going on, but he finds time that he can communicate with podcasters like me so he can express more what he's doing currently. So welcome and thank you for being here my dear viewers and of course Garrett. And I want to remind our viewers that I'm going to put all information about Garrett and about the podcast with this interview. So if you have any questions that concerns you can always reach out and then if it's directly for Garrett then I'll pass it on to him. Okay? So thank you. So Garrett, welcome again and I'll just do a little introduction for you and you could take it away all right
1: okay imagine you called me young earlier i'll take that i'm happy now i don't get that very often
0: (laughs) yes i i see everyone young younger than me (laughs) so but um as we express more ourselves to our truth in our truth and share more of what we know what's relevant to other people it seems like we don't really grow old our heart remains young and as they said um the the muscles of the heart never grows old okay our mind may grow old so let's see so uh, Garrett you have this beautiful um subtitle of your website And it says GarrettEight.com and it says, I'm so vain. I probably think that this site is about me. I like that. Thank you. So that's that's Garrett's website. And he is a singer, songwriter, author, personal trainer, and former international beach soccer player based on Derby, England. And you are also an author, and that book, right, is that yeah. how to be a rock star and yes, very yes. strategic title, just the title itself. I think I would want to read it, how not to be a rock star. And later, maybe you could um, share us what the title means and how you came up with the title. And is, could that be true to not just being a musician? Could it apply to something else? Okay. And so, Garrett, you have also many published um, albums, and I just listened also to your "It Feels Like a Race."
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that was old. That's like a previous uh-huh. album.
0: <laughs> yes, but it's, it was old, but it, it was it became a hit, as far as I know. Okay, and so that that's quite interesting. And you have a podcast. Correct.
1: Yes. Yeah, I do a podcast. Um, well, I do a couple of podcasts actually um, on Iconic. Um, um, I do one just called Gareth Likes Big Mouth, where I just talk to anyone and everyone, basically. Um, and then I do uh, another one with my friend Rich, which is it's called What um, but it's basically like a, an acronym for what the F is going on, basically, um, uh, because the world is crazy at the moment. So we just go through the craziest stories of that week, which there are many at the moment.
0: And you are a young father with one one child or one daughter. Or- yes,
1: yes, yeah. I have a, a two year old daughter. Yeah, yeah. She's um she's the reason really for fighting, if I'm honest, you know. So.
0: And of course, your father is the world renowned, famous David Icke, who's been uh, leading a lot of people, inspiring a lot of people in the crusade of just spreading out the truth. So thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's been doing it for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, he's not about to stop anytime soon either.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you may just have to pass on that one of your recent, um, you were speaking at the um, protests in London. Yeah. And one, I think one statement that you said that I really like is when you said... um, how did you say it? You kind of just said uh, the grandma, grandma killers.
1: Oh, yeah. Granny killers. Yeah. yeah. That's what they like I, to, to label people. Yeah. That want a life.
0: OK. And uh, that resonated to me. You know why? Because uh, my current specialty in nursing just before this thing happened in the last six years, I was working as a nurse in a dementia Alzheimer's unit. So that means I was, my heart was close to the elderly population. So when the lockdown happened right away, my heart feels for them and until now. So what's happening is that gradually even with our outreach program. So some elders live by themselves and and since we never see the, the light when it will open back. So family members have already decided to put them in a nursing home. And um, so, and I know one, one passed away already at home. So, in, but but then these were the seniors who their families had been sending them to the daycare unit for the adults, where they have, we we provide them a very holistic approach of taking care of the seniors. And so they have, they, we have helped them extend their in life. So one family member said, "Gosh, I never realized that for ten years, you your center has been helping us, but now they had to put them there." So thank you for the term. I like that term. <laughs> you know, grandma killers.
1: Yeah. What 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 what's happened to to the elderly is just disgraceful. Um, on an emotional level, you know, to 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 isolate people away from their friends and from their family and loved ones and stuff is just it's just mental torture. And there's, there's no reason, there's no legitimate reason for it. It's, you know, isolation kills. It's it's, it's one of the biggest killers. Um, people don't necessarily realize that, but it's right up there with with cancer and, and heart disease and stuff, you know. So it's, yeah, it's horrific what's happening to, to, to all people all over the world as well.
0: Correct, right. And my family in the Philippines, uh, and, and in the beginning, they were all, um, my family were like, all in the in the belief that it's truly necessary. Then I'm, you know, when I say that, even like they were like uh, disinfecting their their paper, their pe- pesos, hanging them, just just doing everything to be so extremely clean. And there's nothing wrong with that because I'm a firm, I'm a nurse, so I like things to be clean, but to that point that they were getting anal in a lot of things. So that's when I started to share to my family that, okay, come Aman, you, okay, you gotta slow down in what you think is happening. So then with constant conversation and like this, uh, uh, that's one advantage at least with a technology that I can call them or zoom them or facebook them at least then I could express and explain to them I said open your eyes open your ears because you know that if you trace it back to what happened to our country even before then you will see that it's all connected so I'm glad that right now they're like on, on, we're all in agreement that, okay, it's not what you hear is not all true, Anka. So, yeah. but anyway, so I'm glad we can, we'll, we'll talk more on that, but I wanted to ask you on back to your being a musician, how does, and, and I asked that question because music and arts, any arts and music for me is part of a holistic intervention holistic um, just something that we have to nurture and cultivate on our own um, personal and then it expands more to your physical health and emotional health so when you make your music what what uh, what is your process let's say when you made that it feels like a race what was going on in your head
1: um to be honest I just I just write and it just comes out. So I'll just pick up a guitar and I'll start playing. And I'll get a melody and then I just start singing, and whatever comes out comes out. And then I'll write down what I've sung and and then you know, kind of formulate it a bit and structure like that. But I never kind of go in with an idea of like, oh, I'm going to write a song about you know this thing that I saw yesterday or whatever. Um, I just you know I used to for years like if if I was playing in bands and I knew that we needed you know some more songs we needed uh, you know a hit or whatever. I'd really try and write and I'd be like, I need to write a song and I'd sit down and I'd, you know, hours and I'd, you know, drinking beer, like trying to get some creativity. And then I found that just don't do it like that. Just pick up the guitar when your heart tells you to pick up the guitar. And and sometimes I can go weeks, you know, I talk to other musicians and they're like, what? Like, but I can go, yeah, I can go weeks without picking up the guitar. It's just there. And then I would just kind of, you know, just feel and then I'll pick it up and I'll go and I'll be, you know, writing and writing and writing and writing. And so I just do it naturally, like whenever it feels right to me rather than, you know, having a deadline or anything like that. But but it's easier for me, obviously, especially at the moment in that sense, because I can't gig anyway (laughs) because nothing's going on. So I can kind of go a few weeks without picking up the guitar. But yeah, but it's just organic, natural.
0: Okay, so so the melody comes first before the lyrics
1: yeah, yeah. The melody comes and then And then I just start singing like I don't have I don't tend to have a, a an idea at all. It just comes out. So it's almost like a I don't know if they, what the term is for that, you know, but but it just comes out and then I'll kind of write down bits and bobs so I don't forget them and then build a song from there. But yeah, I never really think about it. I just figure if I if I overthink things, then I can kind of almost second guess myself or whatever. So I just let my mind do whatever it wants to do and, um, and let it come out like that. Which works sometimes. Sometimes it's awful. <laughs> sometimes I'll listen back and I'll be like, what on earth was I writing then? That's awful. But um, but sometimes, yeah, it really clicks. And so I just kind of stick to that technique, really.
0: Is there anything that you are you feel like there's a melody with everything that's happening now and that you are creating? I asked that question because well, I grew up also in the Philippines when um, it was just post-martial law and even I was there also in during martial law and then post-martial law but we had a lot of nationalistic songs and that really um, helps us to be grounded in terms of our citizenship in terms of our loyalty to our motherland and it feels just so right when there is music that we can use so I'm imagining in these current times when the global situation has just been disrupted? I'm wondering if you, as a musician, is inspired to write anything.
1: I've written a few songs throughout um, lockdown. Yeah, Um, that weren't necessarily like I I said, I didn't necessarily just sit down and think, I'm just going to write a load of songs about the state of the country. But um, stuff that came out. So there's one that I've written called Trojan Horse, and and that was um, that was inspired by all of this stuff, and I'm meant to be recording actually in three weeks up in Scotland. But that is kind of, you know, I'm hoping that will happen. But Scotland's been pretty serious with with locking stuff down and not letting people in and, and stuff. So maybe maybe I can make it happen, hopefully. But but yeah, that song was was very much about about this. And then the other thing I've got like as a positive, so I always try and find a positive in anything. Obviously, I think you have to do that. Is I've got to spend more time with my daughter um, and my wife, which I which I wouldn't have got. Cause I, I just work constantly. So, um, I haven't been away playing shows or, or anything like that. And I haven't been doing personal training late in the evenings and stuff. So I've been quite lucky in that sense. Like I've got to spend time with them, um, which has been one positive of all this chaos, you know? And, um, so I'm going to try and make a point of, of making that not the new normal. Cause I hate that term, the new normal, cause it's just so Orwellian, but, but going forward after this, yeah. Make making more time to be at home is, is important. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I'm with you with some terms. That's something I cannot still express it openly because I don't want to give it I don't want to give it credit. Okay. So that's yeah, I, I mean. think my most my most comfortable term is this unprecedented time because all the rest is just, you know, we if we keep saying it, it becomes solid for me, you know? Just oh, as exactly. we,
1: I agree right. you're right yeah you're totally right yeah and that's that's the whole point in it? I mean especially that that new normal term like that the politicians all over the world were saying that within a week of this whole thing starting and it's like now nah, you you've you've you know that's been rehearsed that term and you know that's not that's not organic that it's just yeah everyone's using it so you're right yeah let's let's ban that I'm gonna ban that term now I'm gonna say
0: it again mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So and how does your little girl, you know, how is he? think in a way he's not, she's not affected yet with uh, online schooling or no in-face schooling, right? No, but she does. She
1: she did go to nursery twice a week. It was a really, really nice nursery where, you know, there's no technology. It's all, you know, going outside and climbing in in the gardens of, of the nursery and stuff like that. But obviously that shut down um and so when she she went back very briefly when lockdown ended um it was really strange so i took her into nursery and all the other parents and the kids are all the same like normally i'd go in with her you know settle her in you know play with a toy with her for 10 minutes and so she's you know she's there and then i can go and obviously you're not allowed to do that now so you just have to leave her outside or, or you know pass her on to the tutor or whatever and it was horrible all the kids were crying. And they didn't really know how to be because they hadn't seen other kids or or played with other kids for months and months. So, you know, it was it was quite odd, quite heartbreaking. And my daughter hated it. Um, She did two half days and then she's not she's not back there yet. She's just, you know, spending time with family and cousins and stuff, trying to get her back around kids, but without having to leave her there, you know. So that affected her. Um, But you're right in terms of the rest of it. Not at all. You know, she's two. So. So she's oblivious to the chaos, really, you know.
0: And and how is uh, how how's ha- has she seen you in in rallies or has he seen his grandfather in rallies? I, I wanted to know what's how does she respond or well, does she have questions to you or comments?
1: no she's she's never been to any of the rallies um or any of the the speeches or anything like that at all um just because there's so many people and they get quite chaotic and the police cause trouble so we, we keep her way 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 away from them um but when i used to gig like even when i was out gigging like if, if there were big gigs big shows she wouldn't come to them either because you know it's too much that can happen so um i did do a little local gig um at the turn of the year before all this happened and um it was outside and she, I was playing and she came running up to the stage and hugged my legs while I was playing, which was the most adorable thing in the world. And um, obviously, all the audience, you know, were all cheering and, and all that sort of stuff. But I, that, I loved it. But, but yeah, no, she's not got, not got a, a view on it yet, but I'm sure she will have when she, uh, when she gets a bit older. She's certainly a, um, she's not submissive. She's, um, she's going to be a, submers- a a subversive character. That's for sure. She won't, you know, it, she, she likes what she likes and she's not having it. And so, um so that's great and actually I've got an example of that so so basically when you go places here they take your temperature now I will you know often refuse if it's a problem just take it on my wrist it's fine but I'm not having the gun thing pointed at my head like I'm I'm just not doing that and you're not doing that to Alora either so um so I was at work and my my wife had taken Alora out and um so I spoke to her and I was like, what are you up to? So I've been at Robin Hill. Now I know this place, Robin Hill, they do the gun thing, right? So I said, oh, well, they haven't done the gun thing on Laura." So she went, no, no, they don't even try now. So all the other kids are coming in. They're all putting the gun to the head, but they know with Laura, not a chance because she was just going, batting it away. Like, no, it's not happening. And I was just thinking like, that's just such a lesson to us adults. You've got a two-year-old that's teaching us that actually, if you don't put up with stuff, then they stop trying, and you know, we sh- if we all had that attitude of non-compliance, then we wouldn't be in this mess, really. So, I end up in a weird kind of way learning quite a lot from her, actually. You know, even though she's you know thirty-six years younger than me, I um, yeah, she's got a lesson to teach us, which is don't put up with it, basically.
0: <laughs> and because you are you are a musician, they, are you also the, um, doing anything with the group of musicians? like in, in terms of just, you know, helping each other to to disseminate from the musician's point of view, just as now in in United States, right? There's like a group of doctors going forward, being frontliners, just speaking their minds. So what, because, because I asked that question because like in the Philippines, I know at some point uh, musicians became politicians or they're like slowly going into those uh, political arena and I said wow that's kind of very strategic for them because they have their own following so how can we like mobilize also musicians because I know it's, it's you know we, we all know that there's a lot there's a lot of control even on them
1: oh absolutely yeah there there are quite a lot of musicians now starting to stand up um and um there's also been a fantastic case this week where where the gyms in england they 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 were shut down in in liverpool um when they went into a certain tier of, of of lockdown and they refused to shut down and so they've stood up and said no we're not doing it and and there's bars and restaurants have stood up and said no we're not doing it and they've won their case so they're they're reopening um tomorrow having been shut down. So that's great. So I think a lot of musicians and venues are kind of taking the lead from them really and saying, you know, well, actually, hang on, we're not allowed to perform, but you've, you know, you've beaten the system by refusing to comply. So we're going to do that as well. So yeah, that's what people need to do. Musicians just need to go out and gig. They just need to go and play, um, you know, even if it's on the back of a truck and whatever it is, you know, but that, but that's what I'm trying to do in terms of, you know, doing these speeches and coming out and just sort of putting a face out there um because obviously on these on these you know speaking bills or, or whatever you've got doctors scientists and, and, and activists and stuff and so I'm sort of coming in as the musician side of it of just you know sort of like you say sort of almost fighting for my bunch um and uh I've got a um I've got a round table thing with, with a group of people in Finland in, in a couple of weeks and that I'm doing the same there I'll be representing musicians basically just trying to make a point of like you know what we're we doing when we need to open up venues we need to have art um i don't know if you saw this and i don't know if it's the same in the united states but the british government put out a thing basically saying that artists and musicians poets performers you know should consider retraining uh in a new career because the arts basically aren't coming back you know which is unbelievable so um so yeah absolutely not going to do that so people just need to stand up and and you know and say i'm an artist this is who i am this is this is what i was meant to do and this is what i'm going to do you know and and not retrain as a you know an it developer
0: i can see that that's why when um, the first time i heard about the uh, pro- proclaiming it, proclaiming it as a pandemic okay uh, was on Mar- in march and I, I was part of the Filipino Kinding uh, Kindingsinao is a theater and arts group in New York and we have that show, but the first, and they even restricted the show on the last, our last two shows were canceled. But in a way we were able to bring people in as long as we don't charge. But when I heard that, it was already my instinct, like, oh, it can't be, it can't, it, 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 this isn't real. I mean, they may say it is, but I know it's not real. And then, I, I, I was reminded of my inner circle studies back in nineteen seventies and eighties when I was living in the Philippines. When, um, you know, a lot of our underground studies are the real studies of our history, not even the studies when we are in school. And it's like one of these ancient strategic study of when you want to control uh, a, a, culture, a a group of people is definitely just hit right away in terms of their culture, music, arts, religion. So you, you know, so, and it's true because some of our, um, our part of my indigenous heritage example is like writing, it was lost and never passed on to the next generation. So that is again, Is slowly being implemented and so yeah we and I know that sometimes it feels like we can't do much but I always say to people just don't let your spirit go down because there's is something much bigger and better and more powerful than what we see sometimes we just don't see it or feel it but it will happen if we keep on that positive note and I wanted to ask you, how about do you see anything going with um, a collaboration or with uh, the awakening groups of comedians? Because again, for me, when I, I see comedians as very smart and they could see things that most people can't see and they can express it in a very creative way that you may, maybe, you may laugh at it, but it's true. So you, you see anything going on in that field?
1: We've um, there's a couple of bits and bobs uh, happening. Yeah. So so Simon Dolan, who's a businessman here, he um, he's been fighting against the government um, over lockdown and the legality of it since the beginning. And he's just gone to Sweden with a with a comedian Um, because the comedian's basically like, I can't perform. I can't do my job. I can't do anything. But in Sweden, everything's happening and everyone's happy and everything's great. And so they went and made a film there to kind of show how ridiculous it is that we're all locking down. Um, And also there's a a comedian that we're working with here at Iconic, a guy called Craig Campbell, who's really, really funny, a Canadian guy. He's, he's really speaking out as well. Um, I know Steve Hughes is really speaking out um, over in Australia. So it is happening, like, you know, people are, uh, comedians are standing up and you're, you're totally right. Like the other thing is, is not only obviously are comedians very smart generally, um, but also they're funny they're funny so they can they can put things in a way that makes you smile and makes you happy and that's what you need Um, and it kind of stops that fact that everything's negative everything's negative you know and and I think that's key and that's why people like Bill Hicks and George Carlin were so great because they were telling people how much they were being screwed by the government but they were making people laugh at the same time so that's that's you know it comes down to that kind of you know a spoonful of sugar you know to help the medicine go down it's like, I you the people need to know what's happening but if you just tell them negative stuff all the time people don't want to hear it people are like, all right yeah that's enough negativity for me please but um but yeah if you can pack it package it in a way to make people laugh then that's great that's such a good way to convey information for sure and music's the same isn't it you know you, you just package it in a way um that, that makes it, it just nicer to consume i suppose
0: yeah because if, if nothing else we um It's always good to laugh anyway, no matter how much. There's just magic, chemically. So, you know, it's one of the things because we get too serious. In fact, I know there's a lot of information out there from all sides and even the sides that maybe you know, expressing and helping us to realize things more. But sometimes it could be too much. Sometimes I take a break on that and I just be alone by myself and listen to music or watch, uh, watch, a, watch a movie or that that you don't have to think too hard. <laughs> You're just like nonsense movies or things.
1: Oh, and, oh yeah, we need yeah, a break. But, Absolutely, you need so, a break, 100%. Uh,
0: and then eventually I would want to see us in the future that we can just laugh about it. And just, yeah, just laugh about how we strategically did stuff. Okay, that, that's one one comment in the Facebook. Well, I know that, and they were saying that, okay, they, they were just telling the truth. And, and then I said, so well, could you imagine if this is not happening, what are you gonna say to, to all of you who are very, uh, uh, who are critical thinkers? So what are you gonna do in this lifetime? <laughs> so it's because if you, if this is not happening, then. I guess you won't be able to perf- do your karma lessons. Then They just you just get funny about it. I guess we can just keep drinking and be laughing about things. I said, right, yeah,
1: yeah, um, that's it. And I think that's the reason why they're trying to shut down the h- hospitality sector here in the UK is, you know, throughout lockdown, when people were stuck in their houses, there's, there was a small amount of people like myself and people like yourself that could see what was happening. But everyone else was kind of shut in their house. They got the telly on and the telly's telling them that everyone's dying. And so, you know, they just go along with stuff. And then when they started to open the country back up again, and people could go to pubs and go to restaurants and meet up with people that they hadn't seen. People start having conversations. And it's like, well, do you know anyone? No. Uh, do you know anyone that knows anyone? No. Right. Well, I don't know anyone. And no one around me's died. No one around me's ill. And people start all of a sudden realizing that, hang on, this doesn't make sense. And, um, And so people started to wake up and that's where the numbers started getting bigger in terms of people waking up and people going out and having conversations and meeting their fellow humans and realizing, actually, this is amazing that we can be together. Why would we ever lock down again? Um, And so that's what they're doing. They're closing bars and restaurants and stuff and they're trying to take that away from people. So that bit of fun that people have, you know, like you say, just go and have a beer, just go and have a beer and it's great. And just talk nonsense and laugh and just be human. Um, and they're trying to take that away because um, they also don't want people to wake up. you know they don't want people to have those conversations where you know like say for me, for instance, basically there's there's massive regulations about two and a half miles from my house. So my little village isn't in that sector yet. but about two and a half miles away there's a town which is supposedly one of the worst in the, one of the worst in the country apparently. Now I know loads of people in that town, obviously it's two and a half miles from me and I work with people from that town and they don't know anyone. None of them know anyone that's got this deadly virus, but they've been shut down and they've been, you know, you know, had their, their, their pubs are closed at a certain time and all these things have happened. And so, you know, we're having conversations uh, about the fact that this is madness. This doesn't make sense. So they just want everyone back in their house, get back in your house. And you know, and there were other cases in the UK. I don't know if they did it in America, where ambulances were sent out with the with the sirens going, no, no one in them, but it was sent out to to frighten people. And so people are sat in their house, you know, watching the news, and oh God, there's a third ambulance that's gone past. Oh my God, it must be like in your head, you're thinking it must be chaos out there. It's not. There's no one in the ambulance. You know, it's is. There's so many psychological games been played. It's it's been staggering. But because I'm English, we laugh about it because that's what that's what English people do. We have a, a dark sense of humor where you just laugh at the craziness because otherwise we'll all go insane.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I can't. I don't have a direct experience about uh, sirene and hospital because it's been over ten years that I no longer work for the corporate nursing, our uh, corporate hospital. But I do know that one of the most challenging group of people in health, in in science, to convince a lot of things is from my field. Okay, because when I I started to have that holistic nursing insight, I already came with that when I came from the Philippines. In the the Philippines in 1980s, we don't even use the word holistic. It's It's just good medicine, good health, that's it. Then when I came here, then there was all these words, buzzword, and eventually it, it's just on the, maybe in 10 years that it became on the mainstream about health and wellness. So, um, But I find out that everything that's on the alternate, every sector seems to have an alternative something, like alternative science, alternative health, and then alternative media. And it seems like all the alternatives seems to be the one that I personally resonate because it speaks to me of the truth. So now that's why um, this, this podcasting, I encourage people to either create one or listen to it and find their way because we add you were saying earlier and describing that they all keep using the mainstream and talk and, and with that entertainment. on um, Garrett, I have a nephew who was working as a professional dancer in, in London, and he had he's recently in the Philippines, he had to come home, um, because there was really no work anymore, right, in the theater and he was trying to do some Zoom, but that didn't work. So he he came home, but I believe he might go back in, in December. But yeah, it's sad, but I encouraging him to be so creative and express himself and maybe for the meantime, use the Zoom because I know that's what is in heart is to use that creativity. And when he also performs that native um philippine dance moves and training comes out of him so uh, you know to just just be locked and it's really sad i can even i said what is going to happen with all these big theaters big entertainment places what what are they going to use that for so someone told me that they if they really want to make use of that maybe that could be for housing so i don't know you know that that's when Empty space. I don't know unless it's meant to just keep going down. And for me, my concern. I I know about there's. We have to be concerned of the so-called virus there. But for me, the virus is just part of the world's existence, whether it's man-made or not. There, that's it's happening, and it's up to us to really keep our immune system, that includes our mental health, really strong. So. Um I don't know what 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 else can can people do so that they stop getting so fearful and feel like they're stuck, they're stuck or, or they, they can see things, but they, they're still afraid to express it.
1: Um, turn off the news would be the first thing I would do because um, the minute you turn off the television, the, the pandemic's gone. It doesn't exist. Um, so that's huge um, to do that. You know, um, particularly in England, it's mad um, how much they they massage figures and, and the way they talk and they emit certain things. So there was a case of it recently where they were saying that um, the ICU, like so, you know, intensive care unit beds were full and overflowing at this particular hospital, um, and it transpires that that's not the case at all. Um, and then you dig a bit deeper and you dig a bit deeper, and um, there's eight people in there, so you know the headline is oh my god this is dreadful and then the fact is there's eight people in a city of you know like over a million so it's you know that's one thing turn off the news um and and have conversations so like like you were saying about podcasts and stuff like that there's so many groups now out there um online you know obviously you know if you're stuck online and and where you can have conversations with people and express yourself there's so many people out there that I think most people feel like we do really deep down, you know, they don't want to be in this situation and people are just a bit frightened that if they say something, they'll get a bit of, you know, backlash, but you know, let the chips fall where they may, as far as I'm concerned, but, but there are people you can talk to and just have conversations because that's key, especially for mental health. You know, if you're locked away and you can't express yourself, you've got no one to talk to, what's the point? You know, what is the point? And that's how people get, you know what's the point i mean in in the uk we're already at a 20 year high for suicide and it's it's only october and we've already beat the last 20 years so you imagine you know another lockdown's coming in you've got two more months of it just it doesn't bear thinking about so people need to talk for sure that would be my advice just talk
0: and every day when i i make my phone calls cuz part of my nursing work still is making phone calls to a number of dementia clients just to check on them, say hi, say hello. Sometimes they don't even remember my name, but at least once in a while, they have a glimpse of who I am and they could hear. And if I could use the FaceTime, I use the FaceTime and, uh, and, and, and just really connect, connect like um, in that moment and that story. But most of them will ask me, of course, when are you going to open? Where are you going to open? But it's interesting because when it was happening in the beginning in March, family were asking me, what's your protocol for this situation? So it's like they, they, I have to assure them that this is our protocol and some of them may question like as if it's not enough, but now they can't wait for us to open. But then yep. I all I say is sorry, right now it's not within our control. I said, if you if you speak up more and really see what's happening, maybe we will open. But I said, but don't ever let your spirit go down. Just be super creative in all that you do, super creative. So take a moment and maybe some people can write more songs like you do write books and yeah. how, how yeah, about uh, you want you want to share us also on um, about your book and you know can that is is the message of your book is still relevant in this well,
1: time? Y- well yeah basically um I was in a band for years and years and years and we used to tour all over you know Europe and America and stuff and Lots of crazy things happened and then the band split up and, you know, people went and got married and, and did what they did. And I, I went off and played some stuff on my own which is what I do now. And um, I was in a, in a venue in Scotland and I was talking to someone, and I was telling this story and this guy basically piped up that I didn't know and was like rubbish. And I was like, you what?" he's like rubbish. And he didn't believe the story. It's like, fine, I'm not bothered. And then my friend Jono piped up and was like, no, no, it is because the guy he's talking about, I know him. And so the guy then said, you know, you should write a book then and I wasn't going to write a book but but I actually did think well actually there's probably not a bad shout actually just to write all these things down because you know I will get old eventually and forget them so it's so, you know something to pass on down the line sort of thing so so I just wrote all the stories um of of what had happened in this band and this just mad stuff um and I sent a chapter off to my dad cuz obviously he's an author so it was like you know can you just have a have a read and make sure this reads okay And then um, so I did that with a few people, just handed out a chapter here and there. And um, and they all came back, saying, mate, like, this is hilarious. And I was like, well, it wasn't actually meant to be funny, (laughs) to be honest, but OK. And so um, it was basically a tale of how not to be a rock star, like everything you could do wrong. We did wrong, Um, but it was amazing. Um, And it's like I always think that stories are always told by the victor you know, whether that's war or whether that's, you know, an autobiography, like I can read an autobiography of a multimillionaire. Like this is where, and this is when I made my first million, but I kind of want to read the autobiography of the guy that works in the chip shop because I bet his story, his life story is probably just as, it's just as interesting. You just, no one hears it. Um, so I just thought, yeah. So instead of writing a book about how to be a rock star, I'll write one about how not to do it, you know? And, um, and it did. It did well. It went down well. People found it really funny and and kind of not only funny but also made people feel better because it was like, oh, so it's not just me that's an idiot then. No, 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 we're all idiots, mate. We're all making mistakes and just you know. But how much fun was it? Yeah, it was great fun. Yeah, you know. So so that was the reason behind it. And and I kind of the older I've got and the more I've looked at it and and the more I've had conversations with people. Like I remember talking to my dad once. It was like why do you have to be anything? Why don't you just be? And it's kind of, that's so true. And it's like, again, that John Lennon, you know, life's what happens to you when you're busy making other plans. And so there's so many people that are like tomorrow, they become a tomorrow man. So tomorrow I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it's like, well, yeah, but what about now? Why don't just enjoy now? And there's been a lot of time in my life that I've just been striving to achieve something. And I've actually forgotten the fact that I was actually doing something at that point and I should have enjoyed it. So the, the the book actually ended up being more of a lesson for me rather than a lesson for anyone reading it. It was kind of like me thinking I actually did some really funny stuff, didn't I? That was crazy. God, that was mad. I'd forgotten about that bit. Oh my God. Cause, cause that was the thing. Like when I was talking to people about the story, like some of the guys that were in the band, I was saying that I was going to write them all down. And, and so just so I didn't forget them and they were coming back to me going Oh, Did you put in the bit about such and such? It's like, Oh my God, I've forgotten that. It's like, no, nah, no. Nah. So the book just got bigger. And, um, and so, yes, yeah, so I was just then just thinking, do you know what? I've like lived like a crazy life for that sort of five or six years in that band. And actually at the time I probably didn't enjoy it as much as I should have done. Cause I was thinking about, well, we need to do this. We need to do that. And then we need you know, blah, blah. and and so I've taken that as a lesson really of just living in the moment and enjoying the moment and and not focusing too much on, Oh, I need to do X, Y, and Z and I need to do this. And I need to do that. Cause Tomorrow might never come, you know. And and so you're much better off enjoying now. So that was the lesson really. And also I think, you know, from the feedback at least, people will find it funny and they'll probably think I'm a maniac, but that's fine. I don't mind. Yeah.
0: Is it still available for people to read it?
1: Yeah, yeah. You can just Where buy can it they... on, you can just buy it on my website now. It's not, you know, it's not in shops or anything now. It's it's um so just garethite.com and it's just in the shop. It's only five pounds. So I brought it right down to to as cheap as it can be, just so people can read it. And um, yeah, it is quite funny. I must admit, like I've gone back and read bits and bobs and it is crazy. And I'm not sure how I sort of managed to make it to this age, given I spent that many years doing that much crazy stuff. But I guess it was meant to be.
0: See, that's why I said in the future, we can just... Look back again and laugh at everything that uh, is happening now that we've done and people have not done. So it's, that's wonderful. And you're right; um, it is truly um, it is good to realize that not the grassroots people, ordinary people, have so much to share, as well as those who are recognized as influencers or gatekeepers. You know, so I, I, that's I like to have a conversation with ordinary people as well. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I think, I think people, I think that was probably the original idea behind like reality TV, you know, where people, the kind of idea of reality TV was quite interesting to people because it's like kind of quite cool to see what ordinary people are doing. And then obviously those, you know, those industries got taken over by make me famous. I just want to be famous type people and they're not, they're not real. So yeah yeah people it's it's interesting just talking to regular people and that's something else that we've lost now you know even when the pubs reopened here you you had to sit in your bubble you couldn't go and talk to the guy at the bar and that for me like that was the bit i enjoyed about going to a bar i'd often go to the pub in my village i'd often go on my own and um you know just for a couple of pints and i'd I'd go and talk to someone at the bar and i'd come home and like you know my wife would be like yeah it's great yeah i was chatting to this bloke like it's dead random he's such and such and he knows so and so oh wow you know and that's what it's all about and um yeah you know they've taken that from us for now but we'll take it back
0: so currently what's your biggest challenge Garrett?
1: um good question um i i trying to stay positive at times i i, I have two real weird moods so like i'll go from being like buzzing like we're gonna win this this is This is, you know, stuff had to get this bad to wake up more people. And now we're going to go and have it to sometimes, you know, I do like, to be fair, this afternoon, like I nipped out to to grab myself a bite to eat for lunch. And there's more and more people walking around now wearing masks, like not even in shops. I mean, that's bad enough, but just walking around in them and that sort of I just looked and I was like, it just makes you feel like you're losing a bit. And then, but then I'll come in and I'll see two or three news stories that will give me a bit of positivity and then I'm buzzing again. So that's probably my biggest challenge, actually trying to find an equilibrium where I'm not, you know, (laughs) high as a kite or, or what's the opposite of that? High as a kite, low as a, I don't know, what would that be? (laughs) I I don't know, but yeah, low. And then, so,
0: and what, what, what was your best advice that you got? all throughout your life but when you can remember
1: find a girl that's too good for you and make sure she never finds out that was quite a good one I like that one that came from my granddad to my dad to me I thought that was a good one um and actually bizarre it is the best thing that ever happened to me was I broke my leg so it wasn't even a bit of advice I I broke my leg really really badly um broke my tibia amphibia and it was like flapping around hanging off and so I used to play football and obviously I couldn't play football anymore. And I was in bed for two months and I had to basically go through all those emotions of grief and deal with stuff. So I went from hating myself and blaming myself of like, you know, I've broke this, this happened to me because I deserve it for being a rubbish human being, etc. So then kind of going through all the other spirals so then, being really angry at the man that broke my leg of like, when I, when I, when I get my leg fixed, I'm going to go after him and hunt him down all this sort of nonsense. Um, so then, in the end, just being like, "I'm all right, me. Actually, I'm actually like i I'm actually quite a nice bloke, and X, Y, and Z." And so I just ended up having to find myself in, you know, and then I've lived my life much better since then. So it's weird. So I'm not going to tell people that the best advice is to go and break your leg because it hurt, you know, it wasn't very nice, but it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me in a really mental, crazy kind of way because it was horrible, you know, that it was agony and it, you know, I there was no pulse in my foot for a crazy amount of time and. The, the ambulance people were like, just trying to fix it. It was just horrible. And I was worried I was going to lose my foot and it's just madness. But, but now I look back 10 years later and it's like, that was the best thing ever because it made me a much better person. So yeah, it wasn't something I was told, but it was something that happened to me that, that sorted me out really. Yeah, but I don't recommend it.
0: And what could be your best advice for a young person who might be, you know, just have similar talents like you and, but they are in these current times.
1: Um, Well, that's a tough one, you know, because I, my advice eight, nine months ago to musicians would always been just gig, just play as much as you can and learn your craft and play to as many people as you can and make mistakes and then learn from them. And, And that's the trick. But Um, obviously you can't do that now so so things have to change um so I would suggest really as a musician just to write as much as you can and just craft like you know really hone your craft and just just play and do zoom gigs and do facebook live gigs I know it's rubbish and I I don't do them because I hate doing them but because to me I just want to see the crowd and the whites of people's eyes and stuff but but I would recommend doing that just playing as many gigs as you can online for now until we can get you know to a point where we can get you back in 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 venues um but just write and just perform and just hone your craft you know it's like a muscle you need to you know you need to exercise it anything creative just just do stuff and 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 to be true to yourself as well you know that's one trick as well Um, people always try and so you listen to what the latest music is and it's like trying to emulate that but don't do that because by the time you get to that level that genre is not fashionable anymore and it's gone and you've been left behind. So just stay true to yourself and what feels right for you. And, you know, your time will come, I'm sure. And even if it doesn't write a book about it.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess it's really um, all about creativity. There's, And when you have that intention to be super creative, those ideas just come. Yeah, exactly, I, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah.
1: Glad. If you just, if you just open the door to them, then they'll come, you know, that's, that's another thing, you know, like, like I said earlier, like with me, I'll just sing and what comes out comes out and then I'll just go with it rather than going in with kind of almost like a, a regimented plan of having to do X, Y, and Z, just go with it. And just, you know, cause we're all connected to something bigger than ourselves. We just need to access it. And so let's just let yourself do that, you know?
0: Yep. Yep. And always remembering that yet we are more than what we think we are more than what we, believe who we are. It's always beyond that. And, and, and I wanted to ask you also, because you've been around your grandparents, right? And so for those who are caring for their, either their spouses, their partners, your brothers and sisters, and I've had also client who their children, like your age, and they're caring for their mother, who's just under. their fifties and sixties and they have already dementia and they're in this situation. Well, again, please share what you think would be good for them to hear and for them to follow. Okay.
1: Um, in terms of advice for people with dementia, um,
0: now, the I, caregivers, especially.
1: Oh, okay. Caregivers. Right. Right. I, right. Yeah. See, that's a tough one. I've, I've never done that. Like my, my grandparents died when I was really young. Um, so I'd never had that, um, and my, my parents have, have, have fortunately not not been in that situation. Um,
0: well, let so me it's really
1: hard to the, give advice. Yeah.
0: Let me paint you a picture that when I think of the caregivers, if, even when you are you or anyone has not had taken care of that dementia or any chronic condition, but caregivers are stressed. So let's just say, what can you? Um, think and suggest because obviously i obviously you have your own stress
1: oh of course yeah I, okay so, I then,
0: yeah,
1: sorry yeah, I, yeah i'd so- say laughter laughter absolutely just because i had this a little while ago well a good few years ago now actually I, I was really stressed i was overworked um i was doing like 13 pt sessions a day It's like 13 hours solid work a day of, of, of physical work too and then i was also trying to maintain you know being a musician and, and writing so I was just there wasn't enough hours in the day and we became really stressed um and I spoke to a lady called Monica who's a friend of my dad's in California and she prescribed me five minutes of YouTube videos a day right just five minutes and they were just stupid videos so she wouldn't tell me which ones to watch but just watch so watch five minutes of George Carlin or watch five minutes of people falling over do you know what I mean or, or or whatever and so I just thought like, what? Oh, okay. So I did it every morning. I'd get up, you know, and I'd, I'd you know, bang on the phone, right. YouTube, I'm going to watch five minutes. And I was just different bloke. Cause I just laugh for five minutes at nonsense. And then I just felt different, felt better, felt far less stressed, far more energetic. Um, because like you mentioned earlier, you're releasing these endorphins and you just, you just feel great. So that would be advice. I would say just laugh, just laugh at nonsense for five minutes a day. And, and it, it worked for me. It, it felt silly at the time when I was being told to do it. I was thinking, is that the advice really? But, um, but it worked. I just laughed for five minutes a day. and And they do that in India, don't they? They do like laughing yoga and stuff where they will just stand and laugh at stuff. That's not even really funny. And that's, but it works, you know? And so, yeah, that's what I'd say. Just laugh for five minutes a day
0: fantastic it's good to hear it from another person and like by nature I say that the Filipinos especially the Filipino guys there's many they're very um humorous they're they're like comedians on their own and we could they could make fun of language because we have different languages so we they could make fun of that And when they're having a, uh, we have like get together and get together will either be with music, with food and with lots of laughter. And so, yeah. And I just hope that they can keep doing that. I couldn't say it right now because I'm, I haven't been out really, because when I'm invited to go out, the first thing I ask is this gathering with mask or no mask? Because when they say it's no mask, okay, I'll be there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't want really to, I feel sad and I don't want to put up with the same thing. I've never owned any, I've never had a picture with that mask and I never own a fancy mask that people buy. No, no, I, that enough for me to be an nurse and wear a mask for a client to see if they're, if that's what they prefer, I respect them. So whatever. Makes my client be comfortable if when I have to be around, and I respect their preference. But for my personal socialization, that's my request. Reco- I ask first: is this a mask thing or no mask thing?
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I get you. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, I, I've never worn one. I, I don't wear one. But I'm like that with a pub. You know, if the guys want to go out for a drink, I will say, you know, what are they like, and it's like, no, they're all right there. All right, I'll go in then. But if if they're going to be, you know, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's not enjoyable. And if it's not enjoyable, it's, it's not a, a social situation to be in, really, is it?
0: So I know we we emphasize, you emphasize that being in the moment. But tell us uh, what's going to be for you in five years. Let, let me forget the 10 years, the five years.
1: Five years, right.
0: Imagination. Well,
1: well, hopefully in a much, much better world. That's, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, obviously, if we don't win this battle, then I dread to think what the world's going to be like in five years. So um, a much better world, a much freer world where people can express themselves fully. Um, And hopefully with another little one. Yeah. Two, two children would be lovely. So, yeah, five years, father of two, much better world. Everyone's happy. There we go. That'll do.
0: Maybe another book. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Maybe another book about how we won this battle.
0: That'd be uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure there, your 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 team is work, documenting things so that when you're ready, you could just put it together. And oh, absolutely,
1: from, absolutely, yeah, definitely.
0: All kinds, all kinds of uh, forms of publishing a book, video, etc. Right, and uh, you want to tell them more where they can reach you or any significant information that you are doing with your dad. And, you know, wh- whatever the, the most important thing you want to share.
1: Yeah, um, to be honest, I tend to just be on Twitter a lot of the time. So it's just twitter.com uh, forward slash Gareth Hite, And if not, Garethite.com. Ike.com. Um, but I'm doing a lot of work with Iconic at the minute, um, which is like the, the, the TV network that me and my brother are working with. Um, so I've just finished a series called The Walk, which was basically walking across England, talking to lots of different historians and stuff in different places about, like alternative history, so stuff you wouldn't necessarily get in the textbooks, local legends and stuff like that. So we're, we're just editing that at the moment. That comes out on the 12th of November on Iconic. And then on the 27th of November on Iconic, there's a Friday night news show, which we'll I'm presenting, which will be a weekly news show um, which we're launching um, to kind of try and get what's going on in the world out to people um, You know that, that are getting their information from the BBC. It would be nice to give them another place to get information so so yeah so that's so busy really busy at the minute um but i've got i was supposed to be in scotland next week with a friend um going on a whiskey tour for his 40th birthday but that's been cancelled because scotland's gone crazy so i'm going to his next week to walk lots of walks around the south of england and drink beer and i can't wait i'm very excited
0: <laughs> well thank you again i i usually end um my um, the, the episode by sharing an affirmation. And it's one of the quantum affirmation. And I encourage what I have is I have a number of cards, I shuffle it every day. And then with intention, and I say, what could I share today? And with Garrett, and then all the listeners and viewers and the people whom I might have a conversation. And I use that for me, in keeping me sane, keeping me focused uh, beyond my mon- mundane, um, you know, concerns. So it says here, life goals. It and I say it three times. So I want people. I suggest do it three times, three times in the morning, three times at noon, and three times in the evening. And I will make sure that I will post this also and on on the information in this podcast. So I says life goals. I choose to progress in achieving my life goals by carefully and confidently taking one step after another. I am constantly moving forward to realize my life goals. I choose to progress in achieving my life goals by carefully and confidently taking one step after another. I am constantly choose to progress in achieving my life goals by carefully and confidently taking one step after another, I'm constantly moving forward to realize my life goals. So, and we thank you. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you to our viewers. And Garrett, thank you so much. I know you have to meet, pick up your daughters shortly. And so I don't want you to miss that moment. You no, just thank keep- you. Thank
1: you very much for having me. It's been lovely. It's been lovely chatting.
0: Yeah, and and uh, God bless you and your dad and the whole team for everything that you do. And we just keep on powering up even from a distance. And uh, for again, for the viewers and listeners, check out quantum nurse that life. I have uh, three free videos there where I could um give you some quantum te- steps. So I focus on alternative energy medicine and holistic um, holistic healthcare. Because for me, the health care must begin within you and but from everything that you have to think of, speak, and practice. Next time perhaps we'll have Garrett describe his daily habits, right, Garrett? <laughs> from yeah, the why morning not? So then he he could tell you and by just listening to people who are healthy on their own physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, you can really get tips. And that's how as an indigenous person from the Philippines, the way we learn, and that's why I don't have to ask Garrett, how was he growing up with his dad, because it is obvious, it's by being around people who love you and who has concern for you and then you pick up all and with God's grace you pick up all the good traits so thank you and it's been a pleasure God bless you everyone and in my language I say Mabalos which is thank you
1: Mabalos